0: Today on this episode of The Crossover, we will be discussing the University of Miami Athletics, a new vision, with Vice President and Director of Athletics, Dan Radakovich. Learn how one of the most successful and decorated athletic directors in history plans to take the Miami Hurricanes to the next level. Much more on this episode of The Crossover. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm going to be talking with Dan Radakovich today about the future of Miami athletics.
1: Hello, doctor, how are you?
0: Hey, Dan, how's everything?
1: I'm, I'm very, very good, thank you.
0: Well, listen, um, you know, thanks for joining us. I'm gonna do a brief introduction just while everyone's logging on. Uh, we have the pleasure of speaking with Dan Radakovich today, uh, one of the nation's most decorated and successful college athletic directors. Uh, Mr. Radakovich is currently vice president and director of athletics here at the University of Miami. And prior to coming to Miami, Dan served as Director of Athletics at Clemson for nine years and has experience at seven schools and 30-plus years as a visionary in all aspects of college athletics. He's already made an impact here in his first six months uh, here in Miami, working with campus leaders to chart an ambitious course for Miami athletics with respect to facilities, sponsorship, fundraising, and staff development. He's also worked closely with new uh, football head coach, Mario Cristobal, to ramp up recruiting, evaluation, sports science, and creative resources. His accolades are extensive, including immediate past president of Lead One, which represents athletic directors at the Division One level. He also is a prior athletic director of the year award winner and a member of the first college football playoff committee. His success at Clemson was really legendary, overseeing the most successful stretch in Tigers football history two national championships, six ACC titles, and six college football playoff appearances. Uh, Most importantly, he set the Clemson school record with the NCAA graduation success rate report, posting a 95%. Truly amazing. Uh, Here today to discuss UM athletics and his new vision. Again, Dan, thanks so much uh, for being part of this podcast.
1: Dr. Komatar, thank you so much and uh, really appreciate uh, those kind opening remarks. But I think... um, Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson and Debo Sweeney had a lot to do with those national championships, but, uh, I'll, uh, I, I actually was working with them at the time. So I'll take, I'll take partial credit for sure.
0: Well, I can tell you, we are all ecstatic to have you down here, uh, have you back in Miami really based on your roots, but again, super excited to see what you're going to be doing and, uh, just looking forward to hearing about your vision. Uh, Let's let's start with what are your top three action items here in Miami. Obviously, it's a big job, a lot of tough things you got to handle. But what are your top three priorities as athletic director?
1: Well, I think when you come into a to an organization, you really need to look at three or four different items, and maybe not in any particular order. One, uh, you want to understand the culture of the campus and and make sure that that you can communicate not only with um, the The folks that are uh, in in charge of the campus, the upper administration, but other people on campus who a lot of times really do the work, uh, making sure that you're you're in in good stead with the people who work day to day to make things happen on campus. Uh, You really need to look inside your department to make sure that you're efficiently organized, to make sure that the resources that are being uh, created either through our association with the Atlantic Coast Conference, our fundraising dollars, our ticket monies that come in, and institutional uh, support that we receive. All those dollars are being used uh, effectively and efficiently. One of the other things we need to look at is how. what does our physical plant look like? Because right or wrong, you know, as prospective student-athletes come onto a campus uh the facilities really are one of the first things that they see and it tells them rightly or wrongly how much athletics means to this campus. Um, And I think that the better you could make those facilities, the better first impression you make on individuals and then the great people that you have hired uh, allow them to, you know, maintain and grow that connection to that particular student-athlete. So we have some work to do on our, our facility side, which we're in the midst of doing right now. And of course, one of the ways to do that is raise money. And one of the ways to raise money is to be engaged with our, our outside community, our donors, and and the people here on our campus as well. So uh, those are those are three or four items that you, know, you kind of walk in and say, this is, this is really some things we need to pay attention to.
0: Now, you mentioned how you gauge the importance of athletics for the university, and it's been said that for athletic departments to be truly successful, that the leadership needs to be 100% behind that department. What is it like in Miami? Is that, is that what's going on?
1: We're, we're actually getting there if we're not there already. Um, you know, we've had with the work that <clears throat> Rudy Fernandez and Joe Echeverria and President Frank have done, our board of trustees uh, in recruiting uh, Mario, in recruiting myself, they kind of understood that the way this is going to work and be successful is that if everyone is in alignment, you know, the alignment kind of metaphor has been utilized a lot. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's really important uh, so that you're not having different different messages from different individuals either go from the top down or the the bottom up. Uh, that alignment needs to to be there so that while you have conversations uh, uh, with, with different people, we're all saying the same thing. We're all saying that a student athlete experience is very important. We're all saying that we need to engage our donor base to make sure that we're getting the, the necessary dollars. We all need to say that facilities need to be improved to a point where they're best in class. So all of those things need to uh, be lined up uh, and, and have the kind of uh, of, of alignment that's necessary for success.
0: Now you talk about vision and obviously that starts with you. What is your overall vision now that you've started for the Miami athletic program in general? Well, I think it's,
1: it's really important that we keep the, the main thing, the main thing, and and that is our student athlete experience. Uh, we need to make sure that the young men and young women that come through our program, Uh, get the best education that they can get, the best educational support that they can get, that they have the best training opportunities, medical care, strength training, nutrition, that allow them to be the best that they can be within their chosen sport. Uh, So those are really uh, important overall visions that we need to, to look at. Also along the same lines is you have to be a good partner with campus. Uh, because campus is, you know, we're 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 part of that brand. We're part of the U, and and we need to make sure that we're representing the university in a, in, a, in the right way. So uh, those are all uh, really important parts of the overall vision, the student athlete experience, and then our good partnership with the university. And I would also say uh, making sure that that we're representing in the community and our donors the things that are important to them.
0: I think, I think aligning your vision, which is so key, uh, with all of leadership is going to be a big step in terms of getting athletic department off the ground or just off to the next level. Let's talk about Title IX, which has been a major point of focus, and it, and it really should be. How are you promoting women's sports and ensuring that there's gender equity at Miami?
1: Well, it, it's first of all, it's the law of the land, so we want to make sure that we are um... – engaged in a way that we comply with Title IX. Uh, I think we've done a really good job. We have some unique things here at the University of Miami, a celebration of women's athletics that really highlights our women's uh, sports each and every spring. It's a, it's a phenomenal event, raises some money that goes directly to women's athletics. Uh, <clears throat> we have outstanding coaches uh, for our women's sports, and we have to continue to monitor um, how our women's student-athletes are not only competing, uh, but how their experiences have been. We've started some leadership uh, academies for our, our female athletes, exposing them to leaders, uh, business leaders in the Miami area and beyond through this Leadership uh, Institute, because you know, there's really not a lot of professional athletic opportunities for women. There's some in track. There's some in women's basketball. Uh, but for the most part, this is going to be the, the, the final chapter athletically, at least competitively, uh, for the student athletes when they graduate college. So we want to make sure that we're, we're making sure that they're prepared uh, for life after college and, and have a great experience, as I said earlier, here. Now, we also have to keep in mind, how is the university growing? What is their ratio of females to men here on our campus? And that's one of the first um, one of the first prongs of Title IX compliance is to make sure that your athletic program mirrors the the university so that our participation of female athletes athletically mirrors the uh, number of females that are on campus. So we monitor that and that's we need to add another women's sport somewhere along the line because of the growth of females on campus. It's just something that we'll need to do.
0: That's great that you guys are really at the forefront of that and making sure that there is um, equality when it comes to uh, male and female sports. Uh, Now, let's talk about something that's been new in the last year, which is the name, image and likeness regulations. Obviously, a huge change from the way the NCAA used to operate before. Uh, How is your department handling the new name, image and likeness regulations?
1: Well, it's a great question, and I think here at the University of Miami, we've done a really good job given the opportunities that we have to engage. Uh, Our main engagement is education of the student-athletes, okay? We cannot, by state law, uh, cause compensation to be had by our student-athletes, so we can't arrange those types of of opportunities for our student-athletes. Other states may have that opportunity, but we don't have that in the state of Florida. So one of the things we do is we've engaged with a couple of national companies. Um, Altius Sports is the one that we've chosen. They do about 20 Power 5 uh, organizations to provide education for our student-athletes, high-level education. They're here. They're embedded with us and have uh, student-athlete opportunities uh, to, to – student-athletes have the opportunity to discuss issues with them. Um, it's really been – you know, there, there's been a lot of – discussion about nil opportunities Uh, i don't know that every one of our student athletes in fact i know they haven't they've they've all not taken advantage of it there have been some high profile cases but that's kind of like with anything you know the high profile cases get the get the publicity Um, but there's a lot of student athletes who may just do some uh do some posting on twitter or instagram they'll they'll get uh, through a company they'll do some of those types of things maybe they'll do an appearance Um, it's the, it's the very small number of student athletes who are getting high profile, um, type opportunities. Now, you know, certainly here in Miami, we have a lot of great opportunities for student athletes just given, um, where we are geographically. Um, but make no mistake that student athletes have to work for these dollars. Okay. There, there are contracts that are done. There are, um, that we do, uh, when the student athletes give those to us to make sure that the things that they're doing are above uh, above reproach with as far as the NCAA rules are concerned, but it really becomes a, a, an opportunity for those student athletes who want this opportunity. And again, I, I need to um, you know, really express that um, to start their own business. Uh, we have two young women who transferred to us from, from Fresno State, the Cavender twins, Haley and Hannah. Uh, they're marketing majors. And you know, if you're a marketing major, you're getting a lot of theory of how to run a business, how to work marketing into your business. Well, because of NIL and their unique circumstance, they're not only getting the theoretical part of the um, business school education, they're getting a practicum as it relates to that. They run their own business based on name, image and likeness. So when they graduate, they're going to be set up to really go out and have a leg up because as they sit in front of a potential employer, they're going to say, I've run my own business for the last three years. Well, what do you do in that business? Well, we marketed ourselves and it was lucrative uh, and we can really do the same for your business. So in some ways, for those who are really embracing this opportunity, they can can really do some
0: great things. Do you feel like the name, image and likeness regulations are going to shift the powers of kind of recruiting where players go to major markets where they can make more money potentially in these major markets? Is that something that you feel is going to play a role with recruiting?
1: I, I don't know. Uh, you know, recruiting is such a funny thing. A few years ago, um, the NCA began to allow colleges to pay up to the cost of attendance. It used to be only tuition, fees, room, and board. Well, there was, another, there was another spot there, which was the cost of attendance on a campus. And those varied significantly. From some schools, maybe it was a $3,000 cost of attendance. Others, it was 65 75 $8,500, depending upon where it was. Everyone was incredibly concerned that student-athletes would just gravitate towards the places that had the larger dollars. And history has told us, recent history, the last eight, seven or eight years, that that's just not the case. It's still the relationships. It's still how comfortable a student-athlete feels. Now, NIL has a much higher ceiling associated with that, but I just don't think there's a sample um, set big enough right now to show um, that they're all going to follow the money. In fact, there was a recent survey that was done that said only about a third of, this, of the recruits that were coming out really thought that NIL was uh, a determining factor.
0: Yeah, kind of interesting to see where that plays out. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of changes in the rules as the NCAA kind of gains experience. Now, you use the word student athlete a lot, and I totally agree with that, but your track record has been so exceptional, better than essentially any other athletic director in the country when it comes to graduation rate. What is your secret to endorsing a true Student athlete. A lot of people use that term, but they don't really mean it. What What does it mean to you?
1: Gosh, I don't know if there's a there's a secret formula. Um, I wish I had it. Then I I would bottle it and sell it. Um, I think you just need to make sure the student the the coaches that you have um, they're they're the front lines, and the coaches really need to make that a, a priority that their student athletes graduate, and then have a really great academic support area around our student athletes. And here at the University of Miami, I think we have both. We have coaches that really care about the fact that these student athletes are going to leave with a degree. We have a really good academic area that we continue to make better um, with with new resources going to that. And then we also track and, and make sure to, to stay in touch with student athletes afterwards to to see how things are going, what kind of job did they get, where did they relocate? so. All of those pieces um, are, are important for us to be able to get the type of statistical platitudes that we've gotten uh, over the years as it relates to graduation success rate and, and uh, academic performance rate or APR.
0: Now, you talk about balancing being an athletic powerhouse and a top university, which is what Miami strives to be. I mean, it already is a top university and a lot of the sports are great, but you want to become... To that next level and really be a powerhouse. How hard is it to balance those two factors, top academic university and an athletic powerhouse? Very few schools can do it. You know, you think offhand, Stanford, Northwestern, Duke, but really just a handful.
1: Yeah, and I guess it also is really up to what metric you're using. Okay, there are a lot of schools that, um, for example, if graduation is your uh, ultimate uh, metric as it relates to being successful, uh, academically for your student athletes. I mean, there are places like, I mean, Alabama has a almost a hundred percent graduation rate with their football team. Okay. Because it's a priority with them. Uh, Clemson has done incredibly well. We do incredibly well as it relates to that. So there are more than just one metric. So, we have a really great university here, um, not only our medical school, law school, Rasmus here on our Coral Gables campus. Um, that's not something that we athletically can can contribute to, okay? What we need to do is make sure that we bring in student athletes that, that really help perpetuate the positivity of the uh, academic uh, reputation of the institution. And one of the main ways of doing that is to make sure they graduate. And while they're here, participate on campus and make sure that their, uh, their peers and the other students understand that you can be a high-level uh, student athlete as well as a high-level uh, high athlete as well as a high-level student.
0: Now, you guys have really ramped up your recruiting uh, the past six to eight months. What's, what's the secret to locking down local talent in Florida? Uh, what has been your kind of approach to that?
1: Well, i gotta t- I got to be real honest. We have great coaches, and, and they're the ones who are on the front line of making those relationships. Um, athletic administrators create the resources to, to give the coaches those relations, those opportunities to go out and recruit. But make no mistake, it's important for coaches to create the relationships locally, regionally, and nationally to get the best prospective students to come here to campus. Uh, and I think that Mario has done a phenomenal job, and, and it's been you know well chronicled over the last few weeks. The number of high-level um, prospective student-athletes that have said, "Hey, we want to come to the University of Miami. We want to play football for for Mario and the Hurricanes, and we think this will be a great opportunity for us." But it comes from the relationships
0: that the that the coaches have created with them. Uh, so that's 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 primary. I mean, you can tell just from the outside. I mean, obviously, I'm on the outside and I'm looking in. It seems like there's this building enthusiasm, energy around the football team. What is it like on the inside, obviously, from your perspective at the top? Is it, is it a palpable energy surrounding this, this year's football team? It's a palpable
1: urgency. Um, I think energy comes from urgency. So we need to get things done. We need to get them done quickly. We need to get them done right. Um, to allow uh, you to to have the best type of team that we have. I've just been so impressed specifically as it relates to football, because obviously they're in camp right now. There's 120 of them walking through all the hallways here, Um, but they're incredibly focused. They're very disciplined um, and thankful. Uh, We just redid the, the locker room area for them. And you know, they are uh, they are appreciative of that. And I think that's one of the things that, that, that great teams have an appreciation for the things that come to them, okay? Yes, they're going to get great nutrition. Yes, they're going to get, you know, a, a, a locker room and a weight area and sports medicine that are really good. But they need to be able to appreciate those things. And one of the things that I've been incredibly proud of, and, and Mario and his staff have done a phenomenal job of this, is we broke every record that was ever written at the University of Miami as far as community service during the summertime. Just rewrote the record book as it relates to hours and engagement. And that's something that's very important to Mario, and I certainly subscribe to that theory of giving back into the community. So these young men are, are, are really taking the time to, to to be a part of the community, which I think is important.
0: Very, very exciting times. Um, I know you're super busy. I'm just going to wrap it up here with one last question. Only been here six or eight months, but give us your crystal ball prediction. What do you expect? What are your predictions in the next five or ten years that are exciting with the University of Miami Athletics?
1: Well, I mean, that's a great question. I I think that one of the things we have to do is set set the University of Miami athletic program up for long-term success. One of the ways to do that is to build the right kind of effective and efficient infrastructure within the department. Build the right kind of facilities. I mean, you can build a lot of facilities, but if they're not the right kind or they're not uh, done in the right way, then it it really doesn't matter. Working with campus to, to make sure that the dollars that we expend on those facilities stand the test of time. Uh, and really give a great foundation for uh, coaches and student athletes who are going to come over the next five to 10 years. And then make sure that we continue that engagement with the community, because whether it's selling sponsorships, having donors, buying tickets, all of which is very important for the financial health of the department, we want to make sure that we continue to grow those relationships.
0: Listen, Dan, thank you so much for your time. I think I speak for all the fans here at miami incredibly exciting times amazing having you down here can feel the energy seeing everything build up look forward to seeing not only this football team but just the entire athletic department over the next five ten years really go to the next level so thanks for everything you do very exciting times and we'll just throw up for you all right buddy thank you so much all right all right go Kate. all right bud take care have a great weekend
1: thank you